Welcome to the Sunday morning service at Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia, where the Bible is opened and explained. Christians are encouraged and Christ is lifted up. Thank you for joining us and may your hearts be blessed as God's word is taught. And now, enjoy this message from Pastor Lauren Regeer. Amen. Thank you, Megan. Great reminder. Only one life will soon be passed. And there's no higher calling than serving the Lord. Trust you're doing that. Trust you're planning ahead and thinking about how God can use your life in a great way this year. Take your Bibles. Uh, Ethan has already read the passage for us in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, harnessing the power of the will. We're going to look at this uh, idea, this subject for a few minutes as it's really the really the doorstep threshold of a new year, and we often see this as a time to kind of reevaluate our lives and what we're doing for the Lord and such, and so trust you can uh, join us in the thought today, harnessing the power of the will. Truly, we want His will to be our will. That's the key to success, isn't it? Father, we do pray you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that uh, as we engage in thinking again about this new year, that you would Give us wisdom about directing our steps according to your will. Lord, we have, all of us, we're created with a will, and certainly we like to impose it and over and superimpose it upon yours. Often we do that. Forgive us for that. And I pray that as we consider this new year, as you tarry and you give us life and breath, we pray that every day would be our gift to you, that we would use the present as a present, a gift to the one who gives us life and breath, and I pray this year would be one of the best for us. As a church, Lord, I pray for real wisdom, for the leadership as we consider uh, programs and ministry and opportunities around us. Lord, help us to, to, to redeem the time, to do wise things according to your heart and plan for this ministry. And Lord, I commit this year to you. We dedicate ourselves and our ministry to you. I pray that you would use us. We pray for more folks that would come to know the Lord as a result of our our outreach to people, our love for folks. Help us to be faithful with the gospel and mentoring and discipling and encouraging one another. What a blessing it is to be a part of Bible Baptist Church. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a great year as we serve the Lord, striving not with one another, but striving together for the cause of Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 26. And I'd like to bring a message today that will challenge all of us to make positive spiritual changes in the new year. Did you know that nothing will ever happen unless you harness the power of your will and conform it to Christ? It's most important to submit, even the Lord, even the Lord, who knew perfectly the will of his Father, prayed, not my will, but thine be done. Godliness, I know you know this, but godliness is no accident. You don't float closer to God. You don't drift towards maturity. It's not an evolution, involuntary. You don't just kind of, at the end of the year, just look back and say, Lord, thank you. I kind of just floated along this year, and I'm a lot closer to you than I've ever been. No, there is a decision of your will and your mind to do what's right. It will take you getting a hold of your will. You can see here a picture of horses harnessed up. And truly, the idea here is that 
to, to harness yourself uh, as a team or to something produces greater power and productivity. That's the idea of the harness, the principle of harnessing yourself to the will of God. It's getting a hold of what God wants for me this year, setting aside what I think is so important, and seeking first the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Guard or gird up the loins of your mind. What is that kind of old English terminology? It's simply this. Prepare your mind for action. That's what Peter is saying. Wrap up, get your control your thoughts, bring every thought into captivity. Ask the Lord, what is it that you want for me today, this moment, and for the future? And Lord, help me by your grace and your power to link up, to harness with you. And Lord, let's do great things for God. I know that uh, all of us, I know, can do better in this area. Bring your thoughts and minds and will into captivity. It's customary this time of year, really, to think about, uh, about goals and planning ahead. And sometimes we, I, I do this, I know maybe you do too, we tend to just start the new year with kind of a yawn. We kind of shake our heads as we look over our shoulder at 2022 and say, boy, there's some areas I really, I really failed in. And so I like to do better. And so here's what we do. We say, I'd like to be <laughs> a better man. I'd like to be a better husband. Or you might be, I'd like to be a better spouse, better wife. I'd like, to be a, I'd like to break some habit, be less critical. I'd like to finally, this year will be the year, and I'm not going to look at my wife as I say this, this will be the year that I clean out the garage. This is the year. She has been marking the years since I've said that. Uh, maybe this is the year I want to read the Bible more faithfully, be a better witness, uh, meet my new neighbors. Why do these, why do our goals, our resolutions often fail? And I'm going to have you think about that as I read again some verses that Ethan already read for us. And I want you, this, this first part of the message to be a little bit more participatory. It's a smaller group today. A lot of travelers out. So just join in helping me as a big Sunday school class this morning. Um, why do our goals tend to fail? Let's begin reading again verse 31 of Matthew 26. If you're there, let's uh, just look at this text together. And the question again is this, why is it that our goals tend to to fail. They usually falter by February, moderate by March, and get abandoned by April. So let's take a look at some biblical I wills and see what the Bible has to say in terms of helping us accomplish. The first question is why do they fizzle? I counted, now this is going to be a little bit of a trick question for you, but I counted 18 I wills in this text. See if you can catch them, all right? Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended, and he's speaking to his disciples, All of ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Here's bold Peter. Here's, a, here's the man who's resolved. Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet 
will I or I will never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, uh, this, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise said all the disciples. That's where I get ten more I wills, just in case you want <laughs> I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not. So I added that plus ten. One, is, one of the disciples is missing, as you know, and Peter is speaking. Then, verse 36, cometh Jesus un, with them unto a place called Gethsemane. There near the Mount of Olives, and said unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter, and two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and and, and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, thinking a course of Calvary, carrying the sin of the world. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh to the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith, Peter, what? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Some of you remember when we had watch night services? What could you not watch with me one hour? Isn't it amazing? This is just for free. How we can stay up till midnight to watch people play football, but we cannot watch with him one hour. Have you ever tried to pray one hour? I did that once. Just set my watch. After five minutes, I began to wonder, what else is there to pray about? Shame on me. Shame on us. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and he prayed, O oh, my father, if this, cup, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words again, I've added a, a time in there because he said that, I, your will be done. Then he came to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at the door that doth betray me. Speaking there of Judas so the question is, from the text in front of us that we've just read, why is it that our goals so often fail, fizzle, flop? Well, we've read the text together. The Lord is, of course, in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's just hours before he will be crucified. And the disciples have followed the Lord for three years. These are not just come once or twice a year to church type Christians. They're not. These are dedicated disciples who have, in, 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 in large measure, have turned it, cashed it all in to follow Christ. They've left their nets on the beach, so to speak, the Sea of Galilee, and they have followed Christ. So you've got to give them credit. In fact, Peter of this group has said what? He has said, Lord, I know who you are. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Their doctrine was right. Their dedication was right. 
Why is it then that one of these disciples, after professing, Lord, you've got to know something, uh, though maybe all the rest of these guys will fail you and the rest of the world may fail you, I will not. I am resolved no longer to linger. Charm by the, I'm going to follow you to the death. How many of us know that Peter failed what? Not once, twice, denied him three, right after he said this. So how's come it is that we fail in our resolutions? Just from the text alone, what do you see? You can speak on this Sunday morning. I give you permission, all right? Just, just in the introduction here. What, what, what do you see? Why do we fail? Anybody? You can even blurt it out. You don't even have to raise your hand. I see Ron thinking about something then. We're naturally, we, we're made of clay. We're made out of flesh. Right. We are weak. The spirit is strong. The, weak, the flesh is weak. All right, good. Anything else? You say, Pastor, it's early. We stayed up late. It's okay to come to church and think. What else do you see? Why, why else do, do you think they failed in their resolutions? Why did Peter especially fail? Well, we've read the verses. Let me jump in here. I will not embarrass you by twisting your arms, but you could say things like what? Like a, a failure to pray, verse 41. Watch and pray. A failure to obey. Watch with me. That's, a, that's written... In the sense of, I, I, here's the Lord himself saying, I want you. Here's my desire. Watch with me. They didn't obey, did they? Very long. They were tired. We had that answer. Their eyes were heavy, verse 43. A failure to understand the importance of the hour that was upon them. My hour is now come. Perhaps uh, there were other things that caused this failure. It's really wrapped up in that little phrase that's found in verse 41. That little phrase that says what? Watch and pray. That ye enter not into temptation. Here's the key, I think, to our failed resolutions. We're harnessed to the wrong will. Our own will. Watch the disciples did not see what God saw. Pray. The disciples, there is in a sense of prayer an alignment of our spirit to God's. That's what prayer is all about. Prayer isn't twisting God's arm to get things, to get our will. It's really the adjustment, the alignment of our will to what God wants. Even the Lord himself praying, Lord, not my will, humanly speaking, I don't want to go to the cross and suffer that pain. It's not what I want, but God in heaven. Prayer then is seeking to align ourselves with God's will. So the reason our goals fail in large is because they are not God's goals. They're not tied to God's heart. You could put it this way. They're not tied to, our, our, our will is not tied to God's. We aren't watching what God is watching for. And we aren't wanting what God is wanting, so we aren't willing to do the work that God is working. Watch and pray. 
Success begins with a question, what does God want for me this hour, this day, this year? That's how it starts. You want to have a great year? Begin with this prayer, this quest. On your knees, say, Lord, here's a lot of things that I'd like to do, but let me clear the table, and Lord, let me be submissive to your will, your plan. What does the word watch mean? What was God watching for? What was Jesus? There's, there's two concepts there. Watch and pray. I was captured by this thought. Watch and pray. Gregorou means this in the Greek. It means to be prepared in our spirit, to be alerted to God's design and control and His work. We see it used 14 times in the Gospels. Gregorou, could you not watch with me? Watch with me. Implies that Jesus was watching. The start of our year, God wants us to look for, to focus on something. Mark chapter 13, verses 35 through 37, it is used in the imperative, the command tense. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master will come at evening or at midnight or at the crowing of the rooster in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping, sleepy. You say, I'm a little bit sleepy this morning as the year begins. I'll be honest with you, pastor. We stayed up perhaps a little too late. But I'm talking about spiritually. Are we coasting? Are we settled for? Or are we tuned in to what God is doing in the world, in our church, in our lives? It is then when our goals come alive, our resolutions come alive because they're aligned with God's. Watch ye therefore. God in, on his knees crying out, Sweating, as it were, great drops of blood was tuned in not to what he wanted, but to what his Father in heaven wanted. Before you scratch out the ten things you want to accomplish this year, whatever, 110, you've got to know what God is doing, what he is wanting, what he is willing. Harness your will to his and then expect great things from God. Watch ye therefore. You don't know when the Master is coming, so be in a spirit. Stay on guard. The promise of His return and His coming judgments for all of us cause us, ought to cause us, to watch and be ready, be spiritually alert, tuned in. Matthew 24 Verses 42 through 44, if you had been watching your house, he says, would not have been broken into. Anybody ever been had your house broken into? Spiritually speaking, to the house of Israel, if you had been alert to the coming of Christ, who I am, you would not have been broken into many times. They had been carried away captive because they were not alert. Are you? What is God doing in your life, in the world What's his will for us as a church? Matthew 25, 13, Watch ye therefore, for you know not the day or hour in which the Son of Man cometh. Are you ready? Luke chapter 12, 37 through 40, Blessed are those servants whom the Master, when he cometh, will find watching. Same Greek word, 
as is used here. Would you, would you please watch with me? Often our New Year's resolutions are about our own. I mentioned this agenda, right? We like to save some money for vacation or a trip abroad. We'd like to plan this or that. We'd uh, like to do so perhaps um, with, uh, with uh, out of thought, perhaps about where we're going to get the money. We're going to put it all on a credit card. We've got to go do this and that, or we've got to prepare for this or that. And So our thoughts tend to be, and it's not wrong to think and prepare and plan household things and projects and so forth, but the, the thought here in watching is what does God want? How does God figure into my plans? Every one of your children, Dad, has an eternal soul. Are you watching over them? Your wife has an eternal soul. Are you watching, guarding, preparing her to meet the Lord? The church, one day I will stand and account for how I have led during this period of time. Am I preparing you to meet God? Am I urging you to be ready? To have your house spiritually ready for that day? Can you imagine this? Many of us have lost friends this year. And that first question, what have you done with the gifts I have given to you? Steward, what have you done? Servant, what have you done? What a fearful moment that will be when we stand before him and give account for however much time we've had. Are you watching? Are you getting ready for that? Daniel Webster said that is the, that is the most fearsome and yet wonderful thought that motivates and keeps me in the corral, so to speak, spiritually, is that I have a future meeting with God. Church, you do. I do. So our resolutions often fail because they're not where to watch for his coming. Watch has another meaning, though, in this context. It means to prepare our hearts, our character, in order to plead, not just to watch for his coming, to watch to see what he's doing. That doesn't mean we read the news and are just fascinated by every newscast and read all about the, you know, how about uh, what's happening and try to cipher what's going on and Russia, Ukraine, and Israel, and try to kind of figure out. No, that's to keep our eyes in the Word of God and to understand, yes, He's working in the world, but to keep our eyes focused on Christ. But the other side of this word, Gregor is to is to prepare our hearts for what is important in life, and that's spiritual realities. Are you preparing, this year, as you think about your goals, are you preparing to write down things that will, that will get you ready for that day when you will meet the Lord? Are you preparing uh, your family? Are you preparing yourself? I have been um, enjoying, for the last year or two, helping just in the morning kids arrive to our school, getting them uh, out of their cars and to the back door where they come into the entrance to our I enjoy that. I enjoy meeting the kids. I, I don't care what the weather is. I just have a fun time meeting them and being kind of the hello for in the morning. So I've enjoyed that. I don't do that as they dismiss so much, but when morning I spend a few minutes. And it's been an education for me in preparedness. And not picking on anybody here. If, if you have kids in school, uh, just tune me out. But it's been such a fun thing for me to observe this. We have a boy that comes... 
And I'm not going to give any names. Uh, if you're a teacher here, there's a few teachers left. Most of them have vamoosed. For, that's great. I'm glad teachers have a break. They'll be back soon, I hope. Uh, but uh, this little boy comes, and every, every, every time he comes, uh, I think we're preparing for the rapture right? as a test. <laughs> or maybe that's a signal. I don't know. I better check my one. Just hold up a sign. Preacher, you got seven minutes left. Um, where was I? The boy. Well, I'll keep preaching if you'll keep listening, all right? Um, we, oh, my kingdom for electrician right now. No. The, the little boy comes, and, and he is in a type of car that when, when he gets out of the car, in fact, when he comes, he's only about yay big, so I don't know how old he is, but he's, uh, he's, he's just ready. The boy gets here, and he's got the kind of big old, it's a big old SUV, and when the door opens, he's ever seen this car where, where the kind of the, the thing pops out? Uh, there's a little step that slides out. So the boy comes, and he's standing up. When I open the back door for him, he's standing up already, and his, his hair's combed. He's got a comb over. I like that. He's got his hair all combed over. He's got his backpack on. He's out of his car seat. And he's standing up, smiling. He's ready. In fact, there's this little thing that slides out. He's hopping one step down, seven steps to the back door, and he's waving at his mom. I mean, that boy is, he's happy to be here. He's ready. There are others, though. <laughs> Mainly the, the youngers, but they arrive, and this is no joke. I don't know how far they live away from our school, but when they get here, I open the door, of course, a couple Coke cans fall out, and last week's homework and a Chick-fil-A bag falls out on the parking lot, and then I look inside, and they're, of course, laced into their little car seat, and they're dead asleep, <laughs> asleep, and so it becomes my job, especially the little, to kind of, good morning, darling, you know where you are? And they kind of wake up. I said, it's school time. And the best cheery voice, it's school time. We're glad you're here. And the kid just kind of, where am I? Aren't you ready for school? No. And so I have to unbuckle them and drag them. And they're just limp like a sack of potatoes. And I put them on the sidewalk. And they're barely standing. And I redress them. I put all their backpacks. The stuff people bring to, in the, when I was a kid, never mind. It was two books and you carried them. Now they got the backpack and they got a separate thing for their lunch and they carry a bedroll. Who, they, I mean, it's like a camping trip. And so here they are. And finally, when they get dressed again on the sidewalk, I have to point them in the direction of the door. There's the school. <laughs> Go. And they kind of stumble around looking for, where is it, you know? Preparedness spiritually has to do with getting ready for what is most important. What did the Lord say? Seek ye first, Matthew 6, the kingdom of God. So when we talk about watch, it's not only understanding, discerning what God's will is from the word, what his eternal plan is, and what, how it involves me, and how it involves the church, but it is preparing my heart for what is most important this year. Don't get lazy about church attendance. Amen. Don't get lazy about, about witnessing to your neighbors. Don't get lazy about reading. We have Bible reading schedules out back here. And 
don't get lazy about the disciplines of prayer. Don't get lazy about the stewardship of your fight. Don't get lazy about these. What is most important to us, beloved, ought to be what's most important to the heart of God. And so that's the idea there of uh, why our resolutions fail is often because we simply do not, are not connected to the will of God. Secondly, what are some great resolutions? It looks like, oh, I got power behind me. I didn't, okay, so we'll, we'll keep doing this, all right? Let's see if this works. All right, so what are some practical steps? Now, this, this may just be a helpful session here uh, this morning in terms of just practical things. Don't, you know, you know if <laughs> sometimes we do this, we, we promise the moon, right? If uh, this year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a four-minute mile, I'm going to make a million bucks, and I'm going to take our family to Tahiti. Well, maybe you ought not shoot for the moon if the gutters need cleaning. Amen. I just made that up. Sometimes we need to set our goals in the area of what is realistic. Don't just come out with these pious, high-sounding phrases about, this year, bless God, I'm going to read the Bible through seven times. Now, some of you, that's in the realm of possible. And by the way, reading your Bible is not, is not a race. I got December the here. I got it. Amen. Stamp it. I would rather you read more slowly and enjoy it, mark it, and, and keep a little journal, maybe the side of your margins. I would rather you read the Bible once in two years if you enjoy the, the pace and you get more out of it that way. So don't reach, uh, don't reach for the moon. Uh, set goals that are beyond your ability to reach. Secondly, nothing changes. This is a, another little phrase I like to use. Remember, nothing changes in fuzzy land. Be specific. Don't be too general. I've already mentioned this. Don't say, I want to be a better man, less grouchy, less critical. I want to lose a pound or two. I want to have my devotions more. I want to read the Bible more. A ladder that doesn't have bottom rungs or rungs between the, the bottom of it and the top is useless. You have to have steps and specific ways in which you plan to grow and set goals that are reasonable uh, and, and be specific. How many days a week will you have family devotions? What book will you use? Uh, how will you uh, bring your teens to the table for a time of Bible time? What are you going to pray about? What list, what missionary in our church will you pray for? What missionaries? Do you even know who they are? Be specific. What neighbor shall we invite over? When? What shut-in shall we visit in the church? When and how? What plan? Do you know that my wife has a list of all of our shut-ins? They look for you. They're waiting to see you. What plan do we have for reading a book outside the Bible? Good books. Do I know of any? How can I help out at church? Oh, I'd like to be a, a better church member. Bless your heart. I would love for that to happen. Uh, but uh, what ways specifically? How do you use your gifts? Are you using your gifts in the church? How can I serve? How can I be more faithful as a giver? Uh, how am I going to increase my promise to the Lord in terms of over and above giving towards our missions account? What a blessing to put specifics down. This is, the way. This is how I will change. Number three, let's do this. Get serious and get accountable. Do you know there's a man that works with those who are 
really dominated by sins in life, sexual sins. He says, no man has ever changed without a godly accountability partner. And that really is a good general principle for every area of change. We don't change unless somebody we invite into our lives to say, okay, buddy, how are you doing with this? In what ways are you changing? How was, what, what were you looking at this, this week, this uh, week at the, what, how are you changing? Specifically, I'm here to hold your feet to the fire. Good friends, uh, wound us in a way that's helpful. And so we need that. Set up checkpoints of accountability. Since you're, share your goals with your family and your friends. Find a good friend, your spouse, your children quarterly or sooner meet with them for assessment. How are you changing, growing? What changes are most difficult? How can I encourage you to be more faithful? Write them down and then share them with somebody you can trust. Number four, uh, live by faith, not feelings. Do you know there'll be some up and downs in this year? There'll be some valleys. There'll be some times where you do not feel like you're close to God <laughs> or you feel like God has moved away from you. Don't grow weary, Galatians 6.9, in well-doing for a new season. We shall reap if we faint not. Feelings change. I don't feel like this is working. I don't feel like my witness to others has any impact. No, we are to walk by faith not by sight. In due season you shall reap if what? You faint not. They that go forth weeping shall return with rejoicing, bringing their... One day God is going to open the books and it's not about how flashy you were or how you felt about service. It's about being faithful to God who is always faithful. Evangelism, you might think, is too hard. It's too hard. I'm giving up. If you have given up putting tracks in your pocket and, and saying a good word about Christ. And don't stop doing that. It's a great time of the year to just say, Lord, by your grace, enabling power, help me. Even though I don't see results immediately, and I don't feel good about things, and I don't even feel like you're close to me anymore, just share these things with the Lord. David, <laughs> David did. He was honest with his feelings, but he lived by faith. One day there's a, a reward coming to the faithful, and he will wipe away every tear. You've got to know that, even when you get a diagnosis that isn't that cheery. God still loves you. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. Live by faith this year. And here's a great truth, Romans 8, 25. But if we hope for that which we see not, the invisible, then we with patience wait for it. A day is coming when God will certainly reward his children for their faithfulness. Why do resolutions fail? Well, it's because they're not built on the will and the wisdom of God. So we are to watch and pray. Watch to see what God is doing. How are resolutions sustained? Well, the list there is in front of us, right? We are to not make resolutions this year that are in the realm of the impossible. You say, well, with God, nothing. Yes, but in, in terms of you, <laughs> do things that you know that God can help you accomplish. And then be specific and get friends that will help you and live. 
Live by faith, not your feelings. If, if you live by your feelings, you're going to quit on a lot of things. And then pray first, plan, and proceed. Uh, just we've, We kind of hit this topic again and again this morning, but begin your list of this is where I like to do better with, Lord, what is it that you want? The Lord was praying in the garden. It's a wonderful example, always constant in prayer. And then, as we wrap up this morning, what do biblical goals look like? I just want to touch this uh, in terms of uh, kind of a passing reference to biblical I wills. Men who were ladies who were uh, perhaps harnessed to the, the will of God. And here's just some great I wills in the Bible. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. Are you a critical person? We all kind of default to <laughs> strengths and weaknesses. Are you critical? I mean, do you have the gift of criticism? You say, that's my gift. I mean, I can, you know, I can see a default or a defect when it's a mile away. I'm good at that. That's my gift. And you want to change, and you want to be an encourager. So how does that happen? I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. Wouldn't it be great at the end of this year you'll be known as the encourager in our church? That uh, people would know you by your smile, by the fact that you have sent lots of encouraging emails and perhaps texts, however else they communicate these days. <clears throat> Cards still work. Put a stamp on those. They go to the right person. And oh, how those, those just like, it's just like water in the desert, fresh water on a soul that's hurting. And we have a, we've had a, a blast looking at our Christmas cards. We didn't know we were loved like that. Wow, that's great. I jest. But it's great to have these encouraging things. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my half of my heart once in a while. No. I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with understanding. My house, I will, we will serve the Lord. Kids, it may be more popular right now to do this or that, the family, the weekends. Kids, look at me. As for us, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're going to do it with a smile on our face, whether we like it or not. <laughs> no, we're, we're going to serve the Lord because our heart is in it and He's worth serving. These are just a few of the hundreds in the Bible. As for me, I will walk in my integrity. I won't be one thing on Sunday and another thing on Monday. One thing in public and another thing in private. A whole heart. I, I'm, I'm going to be real. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. You've got to tell yourself that. I will not fear. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will always love me. Even when I sin, God still loves me. And then, a couple more. The Lord, uh, I will gladly spend and be spent. Paul said that. Even though he says, the, the, the more I do this, he says, the less I'm loved. That's the context. Doesn't matter. I must still pour my life out for you. Even though, hey, does this work in marriage? Even though I sense that you love me less and less, I'm going to still pour my life out on, on the altar, the sacrifice of serving you. Even though I, I'm underappreciated or whatever, I'm going to just spend my life for you. Regardless 
of appreciation. Great thoughts. And then I like this one. Um, I will meditate, study, I will worship, I will delight myself. These aren't up here, but I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. Psalm 119, 47. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect to thy ways. Psalm 119, 115. And it's just a, a great thing uh, to think about. These are biblical resolutions that we can keep by God's grace. Some of you have heard the name Jonathan Edwards, a famous preacher, late 1600s, early 1700s. <clears throat> Used really to be the lightning rod. We call him the lightning rod, rod of the great revival um, in uh, American history. And when he was a, a boy of about... Seven, he was a teenager anyway, I better say it this way, when he was a teenager. Here's what he did. And think about this. Some of you are teens here this morning. Here's what he did. He wrote 70 resolutions, 70 goals that were biblical. And it challenged me as I read his biography. He, as a teenager, said, here are at least 70 things I resolved. How many are on your list? <laughs> Anything, there are, there are biblical resolutions, and here's what he did. Every week, sometimes more than once a week, he would revisit them and read them and do his best to live in such a manner as he was resolved biblically. Here's just number four out of the 70. He said, I'm resolved never to do anything physically or spiritually except that which glorifies God. In fact, he said, I resolve not only to glorify God, but in so doing, not to grieve or gripe about these things if I can avoid it. It'd be good for you to do some homework. Look that list up and go through it. It's a great list of resolutions for his life, not just for a year. I hope you have biblical resolutions. By God's grace, we all need to pray, Lord, help me. Not my will, but let me harness my will to thine. Thy will be done. Thank you for joining us today. Please tune in each week for new messages from Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you.